So, Sina, does that mean I won't get a ticket anymore? <laughs> I won't get the seat next to you anymore? Yeah, the last two games weren't so good, so yes, maybe this combination is not the good one for us. <laughs> Ouch, Sina, that really hurts. So, welcome to another episode of RBLE Global Tracks, where we have our weekly chat about RB Leipzig in English. And this podcast is presented by Richard and Mario, two people from Leipzig. Good evening. So, Richard, we got two topics today. Uh, we look back at this encounter with VfL Bochum. And um, at the end of the episode, you have some club news, uh, club-related news, which you like to share. So we're really looking forward to that. But before we start, I would really point our listeners to last week's prediction that you made. Um, and let's play a clip. Mm, yeah, you're you're right. That that might that might happen. So if, as I said, if Bochum tries to hold pace with us, um, we will have room. We have have space, and then we in our in the quality of our players we have counter attacks will, will will show up. But if they don't, if they have to be outplayed, then it's going to be really really um, uh, how to say it's an exhausting thing and hard not to crack. So Richard. Are you proud of yourself? Because from where I'm standing, you were really right about things that happened during the Bochum game, and um, they came out even worse. Indeed. I grinned the whole week, um, walking around, was proud of myself, of my brilliance in prediction. No, seriously. Um, and on the one hand side, I wasn't surprised, but on the other hand side, um, I wished that I was wrong. You know, and I know, Richard. We all feel with you. Sure, there was those two penalties. Um, one of them should have uh, been converted, and then my then my prediction would have been um, yeah one hundred percent correct. But yeah, as I said, I wasn't uh, really surprised. That was a game, a thing of a beauty, not. Mm, I know. To be honest, when I saw Xavi taking that uh, penalty, or when he was about to take that penalty after somebody committed a foul on him, um, I had an uneasy feeling. I don't know what it was, but, you know, this unwritten rule of uh, the player was fouled should never take a penalty. And uh, unfortunately, um, or he missed and, um, well, he didn't score. So that that was it. Well, Richard, I'm not really sure if you had the same impression as I did, but last week you mentioned um, if, if Bochum was playing a little bit more with an attacking style, a little bit more open, um, we would have our chance. And in the first couple of minutes, I thought, okay, Bochum would start playing a little bit more aggressively, more openly. Um, so that made me quite helpful, hopeful that uh, we, we would see in an open encounter with the uh, space created for RB Leipzig and they wouldn't have that need of trying to outplay Bochum, uh, which in fact we're currently struggling with, outplaying other teams. Um, and and also the atmosphere in the stadium was really upbeat, was buzzing, um, although it was the third home game, um, people were still up for watching RB Leipzig at home, weather was great, um, everybody was chanting, so we were really optimistic and I thought, you know, we would beat Bochum quite convincingly. Yeah, absolutely right. Um 
I saw this too, uh, recognized that too, and, and was quite surprised um, about the first two or three minutes uh, where Asano had this nice chance. And, uh, but on the other hand side, it, it would have surprised me if uh, Bochum would have tried to hold this up and really tried to um, yeah, play along with, um, with, with, with us. But very soon, you know, the ugly parking of the bus came along and uh, there you go. Well, I quite agree that uh, missing the first penalty was quite extraordinary, but missing two was even even more extraordinary. Um, where, where I was sitting, I observed um, a pretty static play, um, way of playing of, of RB Leipzig. It was a bit like having an offensive, an offense line and a defense line in American football. Um, and uh, the offense, the offense was trying to uh, rush the ball instead of passing it. So there was no ground gained. There was no open, uh, open field play. Uh, very static, and that is something we we all deserved. And um, which which wasn't so great to watch at that moment. And uh, and it wasn't so great to watch because there uh, were very little chances created on RB Leipzig's side. Uh, that was uh, on our behalf. So that was, I think we had two shots on goal in the first half and one being a penalty. Um, quite, quite extraordinary um, to, to, to watch that. So yes, Richard, your prediction uh, and analysis of last week was, was spot on. It was very, very realistic and it uh, came to fruition, fruition, so to speak. Um, but nevertheless it's the beginning of the season it's a brand new squad with a lot of new players um what makes you possibly more optimistic about the remainder or about the uh next weeks in the season mm. i'm really looking forward to welcoming danny Olmo back in the starting lineup because um this is my key takeaway from that game um we are lacking in terms of uh, creativity and therefore we, we need Almo back quickly. Without him, there's only Xavi left in the creativity department. What makes us, like, in my opinion, like a one-trick pony. Um, the ball is passed to Xavi and he tries to produce something, make something out of nothing. And this boy is 20 years old. We, we cannot expect from him that he performs uh, in the tier one world-class matter week, uh, week after week. Um, so there is so much more drive in our attacking game when Olmo and Xavi are on the pitch at the same time. And obviously, if that's not the case, the team is not able to compensate that in either way. Um, but there's, as I said, some daylight in that matter. Olmo is back on a training pitch, in case you missed it. Um, although there isn't a statement yet from Mark Rosa whether he is an option for the upcoming match against Darmstadt, but um, I do believe that we will see him back and then, we, then we're talking differently. And I think you have a really valid point there. I'm really looking forward to that as well. But my impression also is that there is quite a bit of fatigue, fatigue or tiredness um, in the squad at the moment. Um, they seem to be a lot more alert when playing uh, top-level teams like uh, Manchester City and uh, Bayern Munich. Um, quite a few times I thought players made the, the wrong decision. Nothing really surprising, nothing really that opened up the game. Um, and it was was easy to manage for the opponents. And uh, I, I re remember one scene where, from my 
seat, which is far, which is a little bit further away from the pitch. But I was looking at Yusuf Pausen in disbelief uh, about um, a decision he took, uh, passing the ball to not to his own player, but um, I don't know to the opponent. So why do you do that? <laughs> of course, I wouldn't last five minutes on the pitch. Um, do you think, uh, Richard, that there is uh, quite a bit of fatigue in the in a team? And uh, what are your thoughts? Yeah, you're right. Um, it was an exhausting week, you know. And this two-two against Bayern Munich and this this one-three against Man City um, were especially in the latter game. Uh, we just pursued the ball for the whole ninety minutes and had almost no time to regenerate uh, with um, the ball in in our own um, territory, our own uh, ball possession. So. Um, I wasn't surprised either that uh, the players looked tired. That was uh, quite um, logical after those two uh, exhausting games. Well, also notice that um, the the supporters maybe get a little bit of uh, tired as well after um, three home games in a row with uh, really two top-notch clubs and then uh, the encounter with uh, VfL Bochum on Saturday. Um, especially in the second half, the crowd seemed to get a bit unsettled. Uh, a lot of negative comments, kind of negative comments towards the team and their performance, uh, which 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 will have which does happen occasionally. And uh, there was no booing or, as such, but you could tell people are discontent. And um, I just think, well, it's maybe not not fair because uh, it, it was a long week, uh, three games at home, as we mentioned, and um, the uh, the there there has been. There have been a lot of new players, um, players who are injured, new players who are trying to to uh, gel the team together, plus our um, ones that have been with us for, for a long time. And uh, bearing that in mind, having said that, I think the performance has been really well. You're still in the top six. Um, every chance to get into the Champions League spots. And we all know the season is, is very long. So um, is uh, what I did observe after the final whistle that Marco Rooks, uh, the coach, had some robust discussion with people um, in the in the crowds, just for a few seconds, but you could really tell that he was not amused. Um, but at the end of the day, most of the uh, supporters, especially in the B section, remained. They applauded the team. Um, they showed them their support, and, and the team acknowledged that. So I think we're on a good path. And um, and I think we're going to see at some point, hopefully pretty soon, we're going to see a really superior team when everybody else is back on tag deck and uh, people are playing um, are used to playing with one another. Yeah, but but to me, it is no wonder that people um, acting in, in the stands a bit impatient because they they're coming to the to the to the stadium and they look on the table. Um, they recognize, okay, hey, Arbriel, this is the wrong club, it's the fourth place in the league, and Bochum just got outshot by Bayern Munich, all nil seven, and lost its home game against Gladbach, 1 3, and losing over and over. And, and people thinking, like, okay, hey, this is a must win game. And they're absolutely right. And if you come to the stadium and then seeing a game like this, you are basically um, disappointed, yeah. I think there was a huge disappointment in, in in the stands, and to me, this is no wonder because um, not all of us uh, that supporting that club um, are so keen in 
um, analyzing play styles, looking at who passes where, who does sprint that what often and whatsoever. Um, so yeah, no wonder for me that there is this impatience in the crowd. Well, don't forget, um, it has been an extraordinary journey of uh, RB Leipzig since 2009 and uh, the arrival at the uh, top tier Bundesliga, was it 16 or 17? I don't even remember, see? Um, and ever since, the uh, the team qualified for international competition and uh, most of it, apart from one year, um, it has been the Champions League. So I think we're quite spoiled to be honest um, um with that type of performance in such short space of time um but richard i'd like to uh, play you a little clip uh from featuring sina sina is a uh, season ticket holder for many years with her husband stefan and as i mentioned before we're sitting next to them they have very nice seats in a different section closer to the pitch lower tier closer to the b sector not padded seats but i would still say you know mm. posh seats very nice and sometimes um i'm lucky to lucky enough to uh, purchase tickets um, next to them and uh, in that case i um I'm giving away or I'm selling my season ticket in the uh, D sector. And let me take, let me play you that clip of Cena and her take of uh, the bull match. So Cena, you don't look like a happy bunny. What happened? Nothing good on the green. How about those two penalties? Weren't they great saves? Bad ones. Really, really, really bad ones. I don't know what to say about it. Yeah. To be honest, Richard, We, we just hate you because you were damn right. <laughs> But at least you predicted one goal for us, but it didn't happen. So, Sina, does that mean I won't get a ticket anymore? <laughs> I won't get the seat next to you anymore? Yeah, the last two games weren't so good. So, yes, maybe this combination is not a good one for us. <laughs> With this happy note, on this happy note, over and out. Bye-bye. So there you go, Richard. You know, I'm not a lucky charm. So the last two games weren't so great. The results weren't so beautiful. And that's why this combination, let me quote, doesn't work for us anymore. So that really hurts. <laughs> But I thought it was a really interesting reaction. And uh, we're lucky. Uh, we're, we're happy to share that with you. Well, Richard, is there anything else you'd like to uh, mention about the uh, last game in the Bundesliga versus Bochum? Or... Um, Would, we, would you like to move on? No, I think we are done with that. Well, in that case, I think it's the perfect time for you to uh, share some club-related news with us. Yes. Um, the very first thing um, that has to be mentioned is uh, great news, in my opinion. The captain stays aboard. Willy Orban has extended his contract for two more years, now until 2027. Uh, so in my opinion, he is the kingpin in our defense for so many years now. Um, it is his ninth season, to be exact, and, and I'm really, really impressed about his development in all those years and how he managed it to come back into the team after his injury uh, in the cup match against Wolfsburg back in 2019. You might wasn't that Halloween? Yeah, it was. It was the, the day before Halloween match, uh, 2019. Should we do that again? Now? Yeah, let's let's do it again. But uh, and no, no injury again for Orban. Uh, he had to be substituted uh, in the first half, I think. Ilsanka came in, 
And yeah, and I was impressed how he uh, find his way back because there was quite some strong performances of Upamecano, Klosterman, Halstenberg, respectively, and, and not to forget Konate in that group. Um, but he finally made it and it is so well deserved. And yeah, hopefully now he will be back soon and helps the team for the remainder of the season. Fingers crossed. Well, I do remember last time when he was injured for, for a longer time and uh, there were discussions um, and kind of fear that he wouldn't be able to come back into the team. Um, also also thinking of uh, the potential lack of, of speed, which I think never materialized. Um, when he came back, he came back even stronger and he's been Mr. Reliable ever since. And uh, the goals he scores are beautiful. I remember... Uh, just remember last season when uh, in the quarterfinals for the uh, Dave Pipokar, <laughs> the second goal, this yeah. goal at the other end where eight people were running towards the Dortmund goal and uh, four actually ended up at the opponent's goal and he scored. Wonderful stuff. Absolutely. Well, uh, we all keep our fingers crossed that he's uh, coming back soon. Yeah. I do remember the time when he joined RB Leipzig. Was that now nine years ago? I think that's what you said uh, from Kaiserslautern. And um, and at the time, um, you couldn't really foresee that his career would span at Leipzig over nine years um, in such a way that it did. Um, and um, at the time, I was also talking to a hardcore Kaiserslautern supporter and they weren't really happy about him leaving and, and joining a club, which the marketing construct RB Leipzig, such artificial club, um, and um, actually going to Leipzig from, from Kaiserslautern. Come on, that's tradition in itself, Betzenberg and all of that. And it wasn't really foreseeable that he would actually stay and have such a long career alongside um, other other players like uh, Emil Forsberg, Josef Paulsen, who I'd like to mention in this context as well. Um, we just, especially now during the, this this phase of the season that we have with quite a few injuries, new players, you know, you see how important these players are. So let's keep our fingers crossed for a speedy recovery. I'm sure he'll be back soon, soonish. <laughs> I'm not a doctor, and. Um, I'm really looking forward to having him back in the uh, on the pitch. Mm -hmm. Okay, there was some more. But wait, there's more. There was some. Yeah, there's one more thing. One more thing this week. Yes, um, Xavi was nominated for the Rookie of the Month award in the Bundesliga. Wow, he's just been in the league for uh, a couple of months. That's a great impact. Yeah, but unfortunately. Um, oh, so no, he, he was uh, nominated together with um, Boniface from Leverkusen and Maximilian Bayer from Hoffenheim. Um, but the winner for the month September is yet again Boniface from Bayer 04. Um, yeah, he won this award in August already. Congratulations from here! Wow, yeah, well deserved. Um, better luck next time to Xavi and uh, to all our listeners out there. Hopefully, there are some. Should he or another player from RBL be nominated for this award for October, you can vote at www.rookie-award.com. I repeat that, www.rookie-award.com and, and push for our club. Keep voting. So, you got some important duty next time. Uh, yeah. 
uh, Xavi wants something, you know? You 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 have that, uh, you recognize that? Let me guess, is it extra training and lessons for taking penalties? Oh, that Ooh. was bad, I'm so sorry. He won, he won something. He won in the category uh, Bundesliga Goal of the Month, September. Oh, I remember that. Is it Sportschau? No, 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 don't, no, no, it is, no, it's not, it's not, no, it is, there is, there is, there is, of course, a Sportscher competition goal of the month, but this is the goal of the month in a whole um, association football, uh, no matter what league, uh, the goal is scored. Damn, I'm so old. So that's even better. Okay, I rest my case. Yeah, this is superior. And that, but there's another, there's a, there's a DFL, a DFL Deutsche Fußballliga uh, award for the goal of the month, where only Bundesliga goals do count. And Xavi won this award in for the month of September. Congratulations, young man. So, congratulations. And uh, which goal was it? It was uh, it was the nice curled one nil um, go-ahead goal against FC Union Berlin. Ah, versus Union Berlin. Ein Dosenöffner. Google that. The bin opener. The can, the can opener. Now that's great stuff. Really positive news. So you got one more? Last thing. One last thing I want to mention is um, two players from us, Xavi, again, and Chesco are part of the 25 nominees for the Golden Boy Award. You know, you know what it is? It's a famous, it's it's an, a famous award, quite famous. It's from the Italian magazine Tutto Sport. Um, and this magazine awards the Golden Boy prize to the best under 21 player in europe every year um and that is quite a remarkable award with some reputation um some other names that are on this list is uh, jude bellingham jamal musiala florian Wirtz, and martha stell so keep pushing boys try to convince the voting journalists with your skills um that one of you might be awarded with the best young player in europe and come in line with some famous um, title winners in the recent years, like Leo Messi, Erling Haaland, Mbappé, Palatelli, and, and Mario Götze as well. So Mario Götze, that rings a bell. Um, I was just wondering if there are any German players who had this award. <laughs> it's the it's the only German that ever won this in back in 2011. Well, thanks for sharing that, Richard. That was really interesting. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Um, we would love if you get in touch with us. Uh, you can do this via email. That's uh, talk to us at rbleglobaltracks.com. That's talk to us at rbleglobaltracks.com. And we will meet again next week when we have a look at the performance of our international players during the international break we keep our fingers crossed that they all come back and nobody gets injured yes i'm, I'm looking forward to that there are quite some interesting matches Aust austria belgium netherlands france belgium sweden so we have some um, direct matches of rbl players against each other nice so yes please go easy in <laughs> go easy don't injure yourselves okay well richard thank you very much for another episode of rble global tracks it was a huge pleasure thank you very much und auf geht's leipziger jungs 